Welcome back to this season of the Digital Orthopedics Podcast, where we bring you the audio files from the DocSF Experience 2022. I'm Dr. Stefano Bini, your host for this podcast and the founder and chair of the Digital Orthopedics Conference in San Francisco. Okay, so now this was the second segment we did with Startup Health. This time it's led by Katya Hancock, partner and director of Startup Health Network at Startup Health, and she will introduce us to two of their companies and what they're doing in healthcare and their moonshots. With that, I want to turn over to Katya, joining us on the DocSF stage in San Francisco. Okay, so I am going to pull one more chair up and actually invite Katya Hancock from Startup Health to uh, lead us into our next uh, group. We did one yesterday, it was phenomenal with Startup Health and two of their companies. And I'll turn over to you to introduce Thank you. Uh, to these startups to see what they're up. All right. Hello, everyone. Great to be here. I'm Katya. I want to introduce Victor Wang from Care.Coach. Nicholas Rosenkovich from MindCo Health. Welcome, guys. Thank you. So we are standing between you and lunch, so um, we'll try to keep you entertained. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Um, if you weren't here yesterday, Startup Health um, is an impact investor in health. We've been investing in digital health startups for the last decade. We have the largest portfolio of digital health companies in the world, over 400 companies. 27 countries. These are two of our awesome portfolio companies who are solving health moonshots, the biggest health challenges of our time. So Victor, why don't you go first? Tell us about Care.Coach. Thanks, Katya. I'm Victor, founder and CEO of Care.Coach, and we are solving the caregiver crisis. So much like Dr. Rosenberg's mindset about this, we are combining the best of humans and a global team of empathetic, conversationally intelligent humans with the best of AI. So if you go to the rear right-hand side of the exhibit hall, you'll see a little round top table there with a little dog on there. You might have turned into a cat. I don't know. But if you're sleeping, you can, you can put him on the head and wake it up. But that little avatar, it's fun. It's lighthearted. It's non-judgmental. But it's, it's this avatar for this global team of people that we're employing. Because it turns out there's actually plentiful workforce. There's plentiful compassion, empathy, and conversational intelligence. They're just distributed across the world. So that's kind of like the face of that team. And then we have software algorithms that guide this team around the world to then execute evidence-based coaching protocols and affect the behavior of, say, a 75-year-old person with five chronic conditions and depression, discharged from the hospital for a joint replacement. And you know, not only are we praying with this person and talking with this person about the grandkids and building a trusted 24-7 relationship in the home, but also coaching behavior to prevent a readmission. So we, we sell into Medicare Advantage health plans as well as other types of health plans and improve member experience, reduce long-term care costs, reduce acute care utilization. And quickly just tell us, you have amazing results in terms of reduction of depression, hospital readmission. Maybe you can share some of that. Depth. Yes. Yeah. So we have our health plans have white papers. So there's a nonprofit called Leading Age, uh, kind of like play on leading edge, I guess. But uh, leading age, if you go there, you can see some white papers from our customers about how our avatars reduce the need for home nursing visits. So people are coached by our avatar to take better care of themselves. So you don't have to send as many nurse visits to their home. And they go to the ER and acute care less. And actually, we have a Stanford paper as well. I originally started the company just to solve senior loneliness. And so we did a study and Stanford has it published in JMIR about how when, when you put our avatars at the bedside, on an inpatient basis for a hospitalized older adult population, we reduce loneliness on the UCLA loneliness scale by three times more than the control, which was having a daily visit from a nursing student. And 
p-value less than 0.01. Awesome. We'll have more to dig in there, but Nicholas, go ahead and introduce what you guys are up to. Fantastic, Mikitor. Appreciate. In my case, uh, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Mindco Health. We developed and distribute technology using virtual reality to alleviate the cost of healthcare, specifically for behavioral health and mental health. The kind of like continuing the conversation that just happened here over the last couple of hours, the way that we use VR is actually to use the power of the technology to put the brain and body of the individuals to feel being immersed in a situation that will trigger different sensations and emotions. So all of this artificial or virtual uh, triggering of all of these sensations and bodily sensations, brain reactions that are related to a specific behavior, we can use all of that to change the automatic pilot of the reactions for behavior. So understanding that concept of using virtual reality to trigger different sensations and reactions and change those, that's the cornerstones to change a behavior. We've been working with the Virtual Human Interactive Lab at Stanford. We published our papers uh, co-authored by John Hopkins researchers. And our first results are that it's outstanding by more than three folds in efficacy when compared with standard of care. So when we put an individual and our first product was uh, for smoking cessation, now we are into stress management and also working towards burnout. So our first product for smoking cessation showed results that outstand 33% in efficacy when compared with nicotine patch or CBT counseling. The concept of is that delivering virtual reality has the capacity to change the brains in a way that you cannot achieve that in one-on-one sessions. You cannot train someone to be exposed, have the same feeling as you were in a real-life situation to train your brain and body to change that reaction. That can be achieved in VR for a very short period of time. The brain does not distinguish if it's virtual or real. So once we get that trick being delivered, we can start changing the pattern of behavior. So that's what we've been doing for the last five years, clinical trials, and now introducing this through health insurance. So for the smoking cessation, you're putting people through VR in those typical situations where they're used to smoking? Yeah, yeah. So many of you might have smoked or know someone that smoked. It's very common. So through clinical uh, data, there are different environments that will trigger the cravings, sensations related with guilt, frustration, and several emotions related with that specific behavior. So we recreate those scenarios. So a, a smoker will be themselves being there in a group and someone will give them a cigarette or ask them for, for light or there will be a, a gather with a family and someone will be looking at them with a judgmental look about their smoking status. And so all of those training, what we call is virtual reality, mindful exposure training. And we call it mindful because we combine virtual reality cue exposure therapy with mindfulness interventions. The mindfulness works in a way that brings the individual to create awareness about the sensations and reactions and start changing the automatic pilot through breathing exercises, understanding the, the beginning of the cravings, the beginning of the reactions. So in time, the more you train, the faster you can change your behaviors. And tell us a little bit more about the implications and the application for stress and also burnout. There's a lot of physicians in this room. Physician burnout is a big, big topic that's on a lot of people's minds. Yeah, so um, the beauty of the technology is that it can be delivered through any addressing any behavioral process or mental health challenges because the, the way of 
introducing individuals in virtual reality to get them to feel exposed and triggered through, for example, a nurse in an ear room or with patients that are overloading with work. All of that triggers different levels of stress and or distress and burnout. So those situations are also recreated in virtual reality. We are working with two pilot videos, with two health systems, with a healthcare workforce around stress and burnout. The main, and one of the things that I didn't mention before, everything in the, and things that recently was mentioned in the previous conversation, technology is going towards developing everything towards the headsets. However, headsets today are around 40 million globally. So when you compare 40 millions of headsets delivered globally, most of that's happening in the gamer space, not in other spaces. When you talk about patients, now there is uh, billions of patients needing solutions that can be using this kind of technology. So everything that we deliver today and developed is using your smartphone, and we distribute a kit that you can use your smartphone to get yourself in virtual reality. So affordability, scalability, and efficient uh, treatment, that's what we're after to alleviate the, the cost of health systems and improve patient outcomes. That's awesome. That ability to scale it out and make it affordable is, is so cute. Get, get your free kit. Go to, <laughs> go to his website. It's like a little thing you put your phone in. Yeah, it's basically. I, I have one here if anyone then would like to see as well. Happy to, to do a demo. Awesome. Thanks for that plug, Victor. <laughs> uh, well, I love what you guys are doing, Victor, so much because I always think of my grandmother who passed away two years ago was 95 and she loved cats. So she would have absolutely used one of your avatars. She wouldn't have used an app on a smartphone to connect with, with caregivers. Do you have any issues though around people being afraid of, you know, big brother being in the room and, and privacy and what's been the adoption like from seniors? Yeah, that's a great question. So what we found is it really it really helps to have a trusted referral. So when when we get like a, a nurse that they know or their doctor to tell them, hey, your health plan's offering this new service, it really helps. And there's immediate trust there. Some of our larger deployments, we have to cold call because some of these larger health plans don't have super high touch relationships with their members. And we have to basically cold call them and tell them that their health plan is offering this. And then sometimes, yeah, we, we'll get that kind of like, how do I know you're legitimate? And so it really helps to have that uh, physician or otherwise kind of existing care team referral for sure. And then when people do adopt and like, you know, talk with their avatar, what we find is they really open up because, I mean, we designed it that way. It's a little dog or cat. So you know, people already tell their live dog or cat all sorts of stuff. They don't even tell their own families. And that's what we found with our avatars too. Like, like, I'm not even making this up. One guy woke up his little dog and he was like, buddy, I just fell in the shower and I think I'm kind of banged up, but okay. I don't think I'm like hurt, hurt, but just stay with me for a while. I think I'll be okay. Don't tell my daughter. She's going to put me in a nursing home if she finds out I'm falling in the shower. But then we find this out and we still bring it back up with the care management team at the health plan. And they're able to put them on some Otago exercises for strength and balance and help prevent falls in the future that the avatar coaches them through. So yeah, people really open up. That's, that's why we designed it that way. We designed it so you know, it's based on this kind of fun, lighthearted, non-judgmental type of persona. And a lot of the time we're not talking about super serious things like, like falls or incontinence or depression. A lot of times we're just talking about like Jeopardy or playing bingo with them or playing them their favorite Frank Sinatra song. So yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> so quickly tell the folks in the room a little bit about your business model and what types of people you're looking to meet. 
in terms of partnerships or investors? Sure. Yeah. So we're currently in two of the nation's three largest Medicare Advantage insurers, always looking for more customers and more members that we can help, of course. And so if you're looking for either cost of care reduction, let's say if you imagine if you, if you could wave a magic wand and give every member a supportive family member living with them 24-7, not dysfunctional family member, but good family member who's nurse trained and has check-in calls regularly with their care, care management team and does exactly what you as the health plan would want to guide behavior, that's what we do. And so there's use cases for cost reduction, care utilization improvement, as well as member experience. So we already we have really interesting anecdotes where a member calls into the health plan. They're like, hey, I want to switch my plan. I want to switch this other insurer because you guys are no good. Wait, you're telling me my, my avatar dog that I talk with every day? Is, is bound to my plan. Okay, I'll just stay with you guys. So, so we're great for member experience and retention as well. Great. Some people might be more comfortable with a dysfunctional family member. So you might, <laughs> you might want to beta test a dysfunctional avatar. All right. So what about you, Nicholas? Tell us about your business model types, of people you're looking to partner with as we're wrapping up here. Yeah, fantastic. So we came originally from the employer's market. So understanding that we alleviate the cost of health by delivering behavioral health as a deliver at home and no need to go straight directly into an appointment. That's the basics of how we are utilizing technology to alleviate that cost. The same happens within the health systems and patient workflows. The way that we work uh, today, we operate with the biggest insurance brokers in the world and also partnering with payers and insurance to distribute this uh, through their uh, members. The way that it works with patients is that it can work under uh, population health as a preventive measure before entering an acute uh, journey for chronic disease related through for cardiac, cardiology or nephrology, oncology. Actually, we are running uh, a study with cancer patients at Stanford with Jody Prochaska, which um, it's a fantastic study to how individuals can actually have all the other means to change their behaviors, but choosing these at home, anonymous, and also effective solution. So the way it works is as a pre preventive uh, solution, but also as, as an extension for primary care and so specialties to deliver behavioral health as an add-on and extension to their treatment. So most of caregivers are not experts in behavioral health, and it's except for therapies that are designed and, and are uh, was specialized in that, but any patient are in need in some level of behavioral support. So our technology works in that way, filling that gap. So that's usually how we are working this. Today we're raising a seed round that is about to be closed with uh, seed investors. So as well as there in the audience, there are VCs, happy to talk. And if not as well, happy to talk with all of you and happy to show the, the demo that we have. And I saw on, on your website, and I know it's in stealth mode, but you're exploring the solution for, for teens yes. as well. I've been closely following, you know, I have younger children, but still the silent pandemic of mental health for teens. The Surgeon General has been talking about this. I think that's really incredible. Maybe you can briefly share about Yeah, thanks, uh, I, there are uh, There is a university involved and also one of the biggest game platforms. So understanding how to get one of the biggest challenges for adolescents is how to get them to address their health needs. Uh, they are not aware, and they, if they are aware, they don't want to be told what to do about it. And so I'm not a father. I've been a, uh, I've been a kid, but 
we know and we're studying this, uh, all these challenges, how to deliver this. So one of the things is how to get to them where they are. So through gaming and utilizing most of these technologies, it's a huge uh, approach and a huge advantage to deliver care and improve mental health and among other substances, for example, vaping and SUDs as well. Awesome. Well, thank you, both of you. Thanks. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this presentation and will consider joining us live in San Francisco for DocSF 2023, when we will explore how digital technologies will enhance, support, and enable the expansion of the outpatient surgery arena. Register now to join our mailing list at docsf.health, docsf.health, and be the first to access our limited tickets. DocSF, join the revolution.